It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. You ever walk into a spider web? The first reaction is just, oh, oh get it off me. No, oh, oh, it's so gross. It's on my hair and my face, and I, oh, it's, oh, it's on my hand. How, how is it that big? You just wipe it off and try to move on as quickly as you can. Forget all about it. You ever think about the spider? Think about it. These microscopic bugs, at times, build these webs that can span relatively great distances. And it takes so long to get that strand from point A and go all the way across to point B, and then back again. And slowly but surely, they weave a web, and it's very purposeful. It's how they live. And in an instant, it all gets taken away. And it's tragic. But we don't think about that. It's just, oh, God, it touched my nose. Ew. Ew. No one thinks about the spider. The spider has to build again. And we're the same way with sports, right? It's always about the quarterbacks and the wide receivers and the running backs and all these guys with the big names and the big plays. They're selling the jerseys. They're on the posters. They're on the cover of Madden. It's always about these guys. But the average life of your NFL player is not that long. It's not these glorious 18-year careers or playing till maybe you're 45 like Tom Brady wants to. It's not always like that. Your average lifespan is maybe three and a half years. These guys are spiders. And today we're going to highlight a miraculous, amazing story from a guy who happened to play special teams for the Philadelphia Eagles, and his name is J.R. Read. Hello and welcome to the show. I am Vince Quinn, the host of Upon Further Review. You can find me on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. And yes, we're going to talk about J.R. Reed, a story that you may not have heard of, and it's not all that long ago. But again, the lives of special teamers are not often glorious. The ancient Romans are not writing songs about special teamers. You know, it's just, it's not the way it goes. And so J.R. Reed 
when he comes into the league, he's an interesting prospect, but he's not getting a whole lot of fanfare. He's drafted in the fourth round of the 2004 draft, and he's a safety out of a school that's not all that major. It's the University of Southern Florida. Now, to Reed's credit, when he does enter the draft, he's the best return man in the country that year for the NCAA, and he averaged 31.7 yards of return. And on top of that, he was a starting safety and a physical player. So solid prospect comes out, goes in the fourth round. Other notable names in that draft, by the way, for you draft Knicks, 2004. Sean Andrews was a part of that draft class. Matt Ware and Thomas Tepe, a fullback with the team, were also in that class with J.R. Reed. Now, for Reed, entering the Eagles in 2004 was a pretty good situation to be in. And think about it, at the time as he did, he went as a compensatory pick. So if he just lasted two, three, four spots longer, he would have gone to one of the worst teams in the league instead of the Eagles at the end of the fourth round because the Eagles are a very hot team at this time. They're an it team. Three straight NFC championship games, four consecutive years in the playoffs. Donovan McNabb is a franchise quarterback hitting his stride in his prime. Brian Westbrook is coming up from a third-round undersized prospect into a bona fide star. And they've just added Terrell Owens, perhaps the best receiver in the league. So things are looking really good for the Eagles at this time. And for a rookie, you would have to be incredibly excited. And for a guy as talented as J.R. Reed in the return game, because he gets to play that prominent role as a returner. Some rookies, you sit on the bench, you might get a snap or two, or if you're doing special teams, you're tackling, you're containing, you're blocking. He gets to have a direct impact on the team in, in a very real way. You think of the Chip Kelly era of the Philadelphia Eagles. Special teams won a number of games for them. That's a real role. He gets to be in that role in a very, very good situation. And how good is it? Well, in 2004, the Eagles are on fire. Absolutely blazing out of the gates. How do they do it? Well, seven straight wins. How does that sound for you? Yes, Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens are destroying people. A lot of scores in the high 20s and low 30s. So they get right out of the gate. They lose to Pittsburgh 7-1. and And then they go on another six-game winning streak. They're 13-1. and having played 14 games in the 2004 season. And so, for those last two games, having the playoff spot locked up, they backpedal into the playoffs. And as a rookie, J.R. Reed, he couldn't be happier. And he did a pretty good job for the team. So, during that regular season, he had 33 returns on kickoffs, 761 yards, and he averaged about 23 yards a kick. And considering that, The touchback was the 20. He's getting his team an additional three yards on returns on average. So good year for him as a rookie. And now they're in the playoffs. And he gets to be along for the ride and compete 
in a real way against Dante Culpepper, Randy Moss, and the Minnesota Vikings. And they win! 27 to 14. And so they advance to the conference championship. And it's the Atlanta Falcons. You have Michael Vick, the most electrifying man in sports. And they beat him. 27 to 10. And they're on their way to the Super Bowl. So as a rookie from a small school of Southern Florida finds his way returning kicks in the Super Bowl of his very first season. It's a dream scenario. There are players who, they could be in the league for 17 years and never even sniff the playoffs. And here he is as a rookie, and he's right there. He's in the game. And it's against the dynasty. This is a big villain. It's, it's an awesome game to be in. And so J.R. Reed gets the return a couple of kicks. Four of them, 82 yards. Fine. Acceptable job. And unfortunately, he does it in a loss. But there's plenty to be confident in because, again, this is a young team. McNabb is in his prime. Terrell Owens has only been here for one year. Brian Westbrook is still a young player. Brian Dawkins is in his prime. There's so much optimism to be had. And you would figure, for a guy like Reed, who was a notorious hard worker, he's getting ready to go. But unfortunately, tragedy has no sense of timing. And in the spring of 2005, coming off a rookie campaign that led to a Super Bowl, J.R. Reed is in the backyard of his house. And now the details have, have not leaked. This is a story that he's not all that inclined to share. But it's so interesting because it's the story that when you look at it, this is what shapes his life. I mean, think of superheroes, right? All the comic movies you've seen. There's this origin story. There's this moment in time. Bruce Wayne has his parents shot. Spider-Man sees his uncle killed in a carjacking. These things happen. And in these moments, someone's transformed in a way that they can never go back. It helps define them. And for J.R. Reed, it involves a mysterious incident in the backyard of his home with his dog. And as he's in the backyard, for one reason or another, there's multiple accounts. In one account, it's a dog that's angry. In another account, he's playing with his dog. The details are murky. But for one reason or another, J.R. Reed goes to hop the fence. And it's a routine thing. I've hopped a million fences as a kid. You probably did too. But for Reed, as he hops the fence... He gets his left leg stuck on the metal of the fence, and he falls over, and it's ripping through his leg, and he's caught. And the pain, they they rush him to the hospital. And this is a tragic event. I mean, he gets on the phone with his wife, and she can't believe what she's hearing. She said, You know when you hear someone's voice on the phone and your heart drops because you know it's bad? He was devastated. He was in the hospital, and I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he was like, I can't play football anymore. They say I can't play football anymore. I can't move my foot. It was heartbreaking, she said. And understandably so. To be in this situation where everything seems to be so good. You're drafted into a good team that has a good future. You've contributed well, and you have a role. 
And to have that taken away from you so quickly into your career is nothing short of awful. And the doctors don't feel good about it either. And that's the worst part of this. Because so many times players get injured and you say, it's almost a reflex you have. Oh, well, he'll get the surgery and he'll be fine. In the case of J.R. Reed, nothing is normal about what he's going through. Because this isn't a casual tear that happens in the normal course of being an athlete. This is the metal of a fence ripping through the flesh of your leg. There's nothing clean about it. And what it does is it ends up ripping a nerve through his leg. It's called the peroneal nerve. And what that nerve does is it gives you some feeling in your leg naturally, but it also controls the foot. Just get your knee and lift it up briefly. And then get your toes and point them down to the ground. J.R. Reed can't do that. And even if he recovers from the injury in, in whatever the best way is to recover from that injury, he'll probably never do it again. That's what the doctors tell him as soon as this injury happens. And that's why he's on the phone crying saying, I'm not going to play football anymore. The doctors told me I can't play. And this feels like the beginning of the end. Because not only is the injury so bad that the doctors might tell or have told him that he won't play again, But the Eagles start to operate as if he won't either. In the next year's draft, in the fourth round, the very same round that J.R. Reed had been drafted one year ago as a safety out of the University of Southern Florida. They draft another safety. His name is Sean Considine. And so for J.R. Reed, he's sitting here And everything around him is starting to fall apart. And it's happening seemingly almost all at once. He had just gotten married, and his wife moves to Miami for an acting career. And now he sees the Eagles drafting a safety because of his injury. And he looks at the doctors, and the doctors are telling him he's never going to play again. Everything is evaporating around him in a matter of months. That Super Bowl is forever ago. And at this moment, J.R. Reed goes into a deep depression. He develops bed sores. And he stops caring about himself. He doesn't shave. And he, he looks unsightly. And his wife talks about everything. It, it's a guy who was so upbeat. They had this great competitive, fun relationship. They were both college athletes together. And she says he was a different person. He was depressed all the time. We had a lot of problems at the time. And being that she was living in Miami and he was in New Jersey, the distance was hard. And it's not just the distance. There's bills to pay in this equation, too. He owed $30,000. And he had taken out loans to pay that money. So he's in a really bad situation because he planned on making the money of being a football player And now, well, it's not looking so good. Now, with all of those debts, there's an interesting scenario here at play. You see, J.R. Reed has an insurance plan. And so, if he were to say, at that time, after the doctors tell him he could never play football again, 
he could retire. And if he were to retire, he would make $500,000 tax-free as a result of that plan. But he could never play again. And thinking about this and seeing his debts and seeing the ruin that his life is at this time, he says, screw it. I'm going to play football again. And he has this quote. He says, I was depressed for a little while. I believed them for a minute, and I couldn't believe them anymore. I bought a weight room for my basement. I worked out and waited for some kind of sign, any kind of indication I could run again. And as he's going on this struggle, the 2005 NFL season, what would be Reed's sophomore campaign, is getting ready to get underway. And so... The coaching staff, they don't know what to do with this. There's another quote from Reed. He says, this is just before or around the time of 2005. He says, I've got a lot of the feeling back, but I still can't lift my foot all the way up. They've never seen this before, so there's no schedule. I'm making the schedule right now. Again, this is a completely unique situation. It's not a normal thing for any sports doctor to deal with. And so the Eagles put him on the non-football injury list, meaning he's got six weeks to see how he's recovering and if he'll be capable of contributing to the season. And if not, they shut him down for the year. Well, J.R. Reed continues to work and work and work. And he has to deal with some other obstacles too because, again, his ankle is very unstable. The nerve, which would move his foot, again, pointing your toe down to the ground, he can't do that. So when he has to cut... He has a point where he basically says, I have to tell my foot that I'm going to cut so that I don't break my ankle. And he means that quite literally. This isn't like a basketball shaking guy breaking his ankle. He has to tell himself when he's going to cut. And then he can make the move. So while he's dealing with all this physical stress, he also has to find a way to make it work. And so he needs a brace. Now, the brace to do all of this running with an injury like this is big and bulky, and naturally so. This nerve, it runs all down the leg, and so you need to replicate that. So this brace would go all the way up to the knee. It was gigantic. And Reed hated it. He said it's going to mess up all of his shoes, and he doesn't feel comfortable in it, and and he doesn't want to use it. So here he is in this clunky brace that he doesn't like, and he's working out with an injury that doctors haven't seen and don't think he can ever play football again with, and he's trying to get back on the Eagles squad. And it's not looking all that great because, again, this is an injury he might not ever recover from. So the Eagles end up shutting him down for the entire 2005 season. But it's not over yet. He still has a chance again in 2006. And in 2006... As he's waiting all of this time, he's lifting weights and he's running and he's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. He has restless nights where he's up at 3 in the morning doing leg lifts and crunches and whatever he can do to get himself in shape. This man is completely determined to play. And in 2006, there's finally this wonderful moment. J.R. Reed feels confident in his rehab with the braces, with all of the work. In fact, he'd gotten a surgery in early 2006. He got two surgeries that allowed his foot to operate without the nerve in his leg. And it had never been done on an athlete. So this pioneer 
is here trying to get back into the NFL, and he calls Andy Reid and says, Andy, I think I'm ready to go. And so Reed brings him out to the NovaCare complex, and he works out. And it's the most simple question that he asks Reed at the end of this workout, and it's so beautiful. It really is. He, he looks at J.R. Reed and says, so which leg is injured? Think about what that means. I mean, this was something that the doctor said he could never come back from. And Andy Reid, the guy who saw him prior to the injury, scouted him and decided to draft him prior to that injury. He doesn't even know which leg it is. Now, J.R. Reid's wearing sweatpants to hide the brace as well, because it still is a bit of a bulky brace, but he looks like he can play again. All of this hard work, overcoming the impossible, is starting to become more possible. And so he hits training camp with the Eagles, and he competes, and there's cuts, and he's there, and they cut, and he's still there, and they get to the end of training camp, and he's cut. And you think it'd be a heartbreaking thing for a guy like J.R. Reed to do all of this work, to do it with the team that trusted him, drafted him, waited that year, tried him out again, thought he looked good, to bring him that far, to be so close at the last cuts of the 2006 season and not make the team. But he's a tough guy. And the same way that spider goes to rebuild the web after someone walks through it, J.R. Reed gets up off the mat. And he goes to St. Louis for a tryout, and he gets the job. And so he's returning the kicks in St. Louis, and he does it for most of the season. And then they release him in November. And then he signs with Atlanta, and he stays with Atlanta through the season. There was a possibility that if they made the playoffs, he was actually going to take over the starting role at strong safety. And then Jim Mora gets fired. And the whole coaching staff is cleared out, and the players are cleared out with it, and J.R. Reed is among those cuts. It's just the life of this low-level special teams guy. He just can't get over the hump. He just can't find that stability. He has to keep working against all of these odds. It's so hard to be in the NFL as it is. But each year, he's getting older, and that injury is not going to get any better And there's all of this new talent that keeps coming in and competing. And now the coach that he's had this loyalty to has already cut him. And the other coaches around the league, they don't have any loyalty to him. He's a broken doll. But he keeps fighting. And then in 2007, he gets a brief tryout with the Giants. It's towards the end of training camp. It feels like he's going to be more of a camp body. But the guy who's coaching the team is Steve Spagnuolo. And now Spagnuolo was with the Eagles when J.R. Reed was there. They had a relationship. This unexpected lifeline comes out of the big blue, dare I say. And so he's with the Giants. And then he's cut 10 days later. I mean, this guy just cannot catch a break, cannot get that stability, despite working so hard, despite overcoming all these odds. How impressive he is, he just can't quite play on that professional level to hold down a spot. But then Andy Reid calls. Wait, again? Yes, Andy Reid calls again. And so J.R. Reid gets another shot with the Eagles. This is essentially his third time with the team. And it's right before the regular season. 
and they actually give him the kick returner's job. That same job he had in 2004 is his again. And there he is on week one, Eagles-Packers, and he's returning a couple of kicks. But then he returns a punt. Well, actually, he fumbles it and loses his job in the process. And so this other moment, I mean, how many times can this guy have these opportunities and just keep having them slip through his fingers one way or another? So he's a free agent again. It's the fourth time he's been cut by a team in the last year and a half. And then Sean Considine the Eagle safety, that was drafted the year after Reed got injured to replace him, he gets injured. And Brian Dawkins gets injured. And what do you know, J.R. Reed is a safety that was just with the Eagles that happens to be a free agent. He goes back to the Eagles again. And he stays for the entire season. And he plays well enough that he's also a starter in three games at safety for the Eagles. He gets 31 tackles on the season. And they sign him to a one-year contract after that. So he's got another shot to come back at camp again and prove himself. And for J.R. Reed, this has to be the ultimate validation because how many times he's rejected. It's just just when you think you have something going. After going through all of this crap with the debts and his wife and, and the leg and doing unprecedented surgeries, he just can't get a break. I can't imagine the joy. And so for a guy who's gone through so much terrible experience, after all of this work, after defying all of these odds, has shown that he belongs. And he has this quote that is unforgettable. He says, through those experiences, I've become so strong. You can't break me. There's nothing you can do to break me. I've already been broke. Once somebody's been broke, you can't break them again. They're just that much stronger. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I'm as strong as oak right now. No matter how many times you yell at me or how many times I make a mistake, I'm still back there and I don't quit. I have a reputation for being tough. I learned it the hard way. So no, he's not the star quarterback that people dream of. He's not the sack artist of a generation. He's a lowly special teamer with a bumpy career and a bum leg. He's the spider. But sometimes you got to respect the spider. That'll do it for a pond for the review. I am Vince Quinn. If you enjoyed the show, find me on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. Please rate the show five stars iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever you're listening to, those ratings mean a lot. And I appreciate you, and I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>